0: CHAPTER Seven OF THE RESTORATION OF THE GOSPEL BY OSBORNE J. P. WIDSO THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN READ BY WAYNE COOK THE LESSER PRIESTHOOD When Martin Luther, after years of serious meditation in the monastery, became convinced of the doctrine of justification by faith, he proceeded to promulgate that doctrine among his countrymen. When later he became aroused by the monstrous traffic in indulgences, and through the indignation then aroused, finally led a general revolt against a Catholic church, he proceeded with his friends to organize a new church. A large part of Teutonic Europe came under the influence of Luther's teaching. It is noteworthy, however, that Martin Luther did not receive, nor did he apparently expect to receive, revelation from God after years of the severest rigor he came finally no longer to rely on his own good works but to trust in justification by faith alone yet there had been given either to him or to another no revelation revising or changing the well-known doctrine that faith without works is dead through a righteous indignation at the reckless claims made by the hawkers of indulgences Luther was led to protest against the wicked practice of the Catholic Church, and finally to establish a church of his own. Yet he had received no special commission to institute the Church of Christ. His protest against the Catholic Church was unquestionably well taken, but he had received no appointment to establish a new church. The only authority he possessed was that bestowed upon him as a priest by the church from which he seceded. A church bearing his name is, therefore, man appointed. So it was with all the Protestant creeds. As with Martin Luther, so it was with John Calvin and the Presbyterian Church, and so it was with Henry VIII, the English Pope, and the Church of England, as by law established. So it was with Wesley, who organized the independent sect of Methodists, and so it was with all the religious reformers from the first to the last they recognized evils in the mother church they appreciated the necessity of reform but no one of them received divine appointment to accomplish the work they endeavored to do indeed they held no authority whatever except such authority as had been conferred upon them by the church which they declared to be apostate and that authority certainly could not be called divine Judging, then, from the many examples set before the time of Joseph Smith, we are justified in saying that he, too, might have organized an independent church of his own. He, too, recognized the evils of the Christian sects. He, too, felt the need of reform. Moreover, he had received divine manifestations. He had been told that the churches of the world were all corrupt, and he had translated by divine inspiration— a volume of sacred records attested by eleven men of good repute, and, moreover, still, the heavenly being who had visited him had specifically told him that God had a great work for him to do. Notwithstanding these many manifestations, however, Joseph Smith made no attempt to establish a new church or to reform those churches already established. He had received no commission to do so. As yet, he had been given no authority to act in God's stead. It was not until the fifteenth day of May, 1829, that the young prophet received authority to officiate in some of the ordinances of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Joseph Smith and his scribe Oliver Cowdery had been engaged, as usual, on the translation of the sacred plates. On that day, they happened upon a passage referring to baptism since they knew nothing of the ordinance they became eager to understand they went out into the wood to pray for light together they knelt upon the sod united in their one great desire they pleaded with the god of heaven to give them understanding while we were thus employed writes the prophet in his simple way praying and calling upon the lord a messenger from heaven descended in a cloud of light and having laid his hands upon us, he ordained us, saying, Upon you, my fellow-servants, in the name of the Messiah, I confer the priesthood of Aaron, which holds the keys of the ministering of angels, and of the gospel of repentance, and of baptism by immersion for the remission of sins. And this shall never be taken again from the earth, until the sons of Levi do offer again an offering unto the Lord in righteousness. The messenger who appeared thus to Joseph and Oliver said that he was John the Baptist, and that he held the keys of the Aaronic priesthood from the dispensation of Christ. He explained further that this priesthood had not the power of laying on hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost. He commanded them to baptize each other, and to reordain each other after the pattern set them by him immediately joseph and oliver went to attend to the holy ordinance first the prophet baptized oliver then oliver baptized the prophet the prophet then laid his hands upon oliver's head and ordained him to the ironic priesthood and afterwards oliver ordained the prophet both of them received thereupon glorious manifestations from heaven they prophesied of things that were to be they were filled with the holy ghost and thus was consummated another act in the story of the Restoration. And what was this priesthood restored by the heavenly messenger John the Baptist? Priesthood is the authority to act in God's stead. Since the powers of God are infinite, so also must his priesthood be infinite. Therefore, when a man may or may not do in representing God will depend upon the degree of authority he has received from the great master one who has been commissioned with great authority may undertake great responsibilities for god whereas one who has been commissioned with but little can do but little the principle of authority will not permit a man to attempt responsibilities greater than his priesthood though he may feel himself otherwise competent to do them fully as well as does the man who holds the necessary authority. Thus divine authority, or priesthood, becomes a power highly to be respected. Now the holy priesthood has two divisions, the lesser and the greater. It was the lesser priesthood that John the Baptist conferred upon Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery. It is also called the Aaronic Priesthood, since Aaron was the great representative of old bearing this authority. The powers and limitations of this division of priesthood, or divine authority, are indicated in the words of ordination and the instructions of John the Baptist to Joseph Smith and Alrich Cowdery. First, the Priesthood of Aaron holds the keys of the ministering of angels. One who has received this degree of authority has the right to receive revelation, And instruction from the angels of heaven. They may minister to him, inspire him, and guide him in his labors. Moreover, the authority of this priesthood may call down upon man the ministration of holy angels when it should be necessary to do so. Secondly, the priesthood of Aaron holds the keys of the gospel of repentance. One who holds this degree of authority may cry repentance to his fellow men he may preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to them, that they may follow in his ways. Moreover, the priesthood of Aaron holds the keys of baptism by immersion for the remission of sins. The preaching of one having authority may be effective. Those hearing it may be converted. They may confess their past sins and repent of them with a godly sorrow. It becomes necessary then to administer the ordinance of baptism to them. This, one who holds the authority of the Aaronic priesthood, may do. By virtue of the delegated power which he holds, he may lead the candidate for baptism into the water, and immerse him in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Finally, the priesthood of Aaron may be said to hold the keys of all temporal ministrations. Those holding this authority may look after the needs of the poor and the afflicted. They may care for the temporal welfare of the church they may attend to such duties as will make for the peace and comfort of worshippers, and they may attend to the sacred ordinance of the sacrament, or the Lord's Supper. Now, what is the significance of this glorious vision of John the Baptist? It means, first, that man must have authority to act for God. Secondly, that the religious world in the time of this vision had no authority to act for God. It is unreasonable to suppose that any one should presume without authority to take another's place in the business affairs of this world, or that any one would, without protest, permit another to usurp his place and authority in the business transactions of this world. And if this is so with finite men, how much more unready will the God of heaven be to approve his creatures usurping his power and authority? How displeasing will it not be to him that one, to whom he has never delegated authority of any kind or degree, shall presume to represent him and officiate in his name? Certainly God will no more recognize the acts of men who arrogate authority and dominion than will an earthly monarch. But the priesthood held by men of old is not possessed by the sectarian churches of today the lesser or Aaronic priesthood finds no place in their creeds john the baptist would have no need to ordain joseph and oliver had the Aaronic priesthood been held by any one on earth all those who assume then to organize churches both before and after the appearance of john the baptist in this age of the world did so without the necessary authority these two men joseph smith and oliver Cowdery, were the only mortals on earth at that time who held any degree of priesthood, divine authority, from God. And the priesthood that they held did not yet give them power to organize the Church of Christ or to confer the Holy Ghost. These facts are apparent then. In answer to earnest prayer, a heavenly being giving his name as John the Baptist appeared to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery he conferred upon them the ironic priesthood which holds certain definite keys or powers the possession of priesthood or divine authority is absolutely necessary to one who would officiate in god's stead the religious world at large has lost entirely the ironic priesthood with this order of priesthood conferred upon them, Joseph and Oliver became authorized to perform certain duties for God. But even now they could not officiate in the higher ordinances of the gospel. Therefore, they could not yet establish the church of Christ with authority. End of chapter 7.